Have you ever felt like you had a purpose? No. No. <laughs> no. For real? For real. Oh boy, do we have a special episode for all of you nihilists out there. Today is Natasha Vainblot Day here on The Meaning of Life. I am Ryan Beck. This is The Meaning of Life. And I am so excited to bring you this interview with Natasha Vainblot. She is a comedian. She is a writer. She is an actress. She is an improviser. She is a, now a television writer, a professional television writer, which I have to remind her about during this conversation. It is a wonderful time. Every time I talk to Natasha, is just fantastic. I always feel great. She is a, a true buddy of mine and a true friend. And um, I just hope that you guys have uh, as much fun listening to this as I do when I get to talk to Natasha. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Natasha Vainblot. I'm Ryan Beck, and this is The Meaning of Life. So my first question, which I've been asking everybody, which is kind of a horrible question because it, it sends people into existential crisis, but it's um, will you tell me your name and who you are? Okay. Uh, my name is Natasha and I'm an artist. Ooh, that's great. Yeah. I, I already feel like a fraud saying it, but I'm leaning into it. Why do you feel like a fraud? Well, it just sounds so, I think it because it's abused by so many people who aren't artists. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because it's like any, you know, in the same way that it took me forever to say I was a comedian because the stigma is like anybody can say it and then you feel silly saying it because yeah. it's like, oh, you're just doing mics, you know, so. It's, Do you feel like you have to earn the title of artist? I think you do. Well, and maybe you do. I don't know. Do you, wow, do you feel I'm, like you had to had to earn the title of comedian? Yeah. And who kept that from you? Me. You did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. So it's yeah. like a big identity ball. Huge. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I said I was a comedian until I think until I was like performing on at UCB, like on a team. And even then, I think I still felt like I couldn't because I hadn't been paid for it. So maybe not until I started teaching at UCB that I was wow. like, okay, I think I can say it. Why did you think you put those restraints on yourself? That's a great question. Uh, wow, we're really getting into it. I, I'm just curious. This is yeah. all a vehicle for me to ask questions that I'm curious about. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I, that's a good question. Why? Um, I, I guess because I think it's very easy to label ourselves as anything. And so if you're going to if I'm going to label myself as something, I want to feel that I'm actually doing that thing for a majority of my day. Mm -hmm. So if I'm only doing comedy like once a week, you know, then I don't think I'm a comedian. And that's, and I don't think that's even necessarily fair, but that's kind of my thinking. That was my thinking. That's how and you even, can. Yeah. And even when I was doing mics, I was like, yeah, but I'm not getting booked on shows. So I'm not a comedian yet, you know? Do you still do that to yourself? Do you still like, yeah. I mean, actually I think the conversation we were having previous to us getting on air is kind of a little bit of that. Yeah. It's hard oh, to own, <laughs> it's, it's hard to own your, your accomplishments and own your, your space and what you have worked for. 
Yeah, that's so funny hearing it back. It's like, oh, you see, you see, it's like hearing your words back. You're like, oh yeah, I see what's happening. But yeah, right before we started recording, you were like, you're a television writer now. And I was like, I don't really know if that's even the case where it's like, you have a credit. Yeah. But in my brain, I'm like, yeah, but I probably need two credits before I can actually say. Yeah. I'm a I don't television know. Writer. Like, um, I don't know why that is. I do these th- kinds of things too. And I find it really fascinating. Like why, um, place these limits or, or not limits, but like, um, I don't know. Are you, af- do you think you're afraid to label yourself as a way? Cause you, it will lock you in as something. No, I don't think that. Um, I think, I guess because, and maybe this isn't fair, but you know what? I feel like there's like a character in like movies or TV of the person who's a poser, you know, who's like saying, mm-hmm. I feel like it's like such a common trope of like the person in LA who says he's a screenwriter, but like, you know, has uh, written one screenplay that's never sold, you know, or yeah. something like that, or maybe even that, but like has never written anything. So it's um, like, so- a, maybe it's fear, like a fear-based like you don't want to be an imposter or you're afraid. I don't want to be an, I don't want to be an imposter. And I don't. Yes, exactly. I don't want to be an imposter and I don't want to say it and be scared that people think I'm an imposter mm. unless I have facts and data to back up my label. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that, um, you know, I, I feel like I know you pretty well. And I would say that's the nail on the You had the nail on the head. <laughs> facts data yeah yeah like i wouldn't label myself a free spirit you know that's just something <laughs> no, i wouldn't do no there's not enough facts or data for to <laughs> i would say there's zero yeah in fact <laughs> <laughs> you love why why um how did you become fact-based i guess like, uh, well, I was, I was have you always been a, this way i was born on a uh, periodic table <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm sure. I think I was always, I mean, my, my parents, you know, I feel like it's like the classic immigrant story, very like, um, data driven where it's like, you know, you need to succeed in a way that is tangible with like good report cards and awards. And it's because that's like, in some ways, why they moved was so that you could succeed. Now, were you, you were born in Russia, in Russia. And you moved yeah. here at, you were like six or something? Seven, yeah. Seven. Yeah. And I remember the first year I was here, I failed every single class that I was, I mean, it was like second grade, but I also didn't give a shit. I was like, whatever, I'm just kind of hanging out, figuring this place out. And I remember the end of that year, my parents hadn't said anything about my grades or anything, but the end of that year, my mom sat me down and she was like, okay, this is done you're going to be getting A's from now on because we moved here so that um, like we could all succeed. And like, you can't, um, you can't not, um, you can't be a failure in this country. <laughs> yeah. So that's I was pretty like, intense. Okay. Yeah. For like a second grader. To and hear, was it a language? Was it a language thing? Like you, you're, you're very smart. So it wasn't like okay. that you didn't actually understand. It had to be I just something. I didn't want to, I didn't care. Mm. Um, and I could, I even, I remember there was 
my language, all my teachers were so sweet and I abused their kindness because they were like, <laughs> oh my God, she doesn't freaking know English. You know, like she's, you know, here and this just like poor sweet girl, which was true. But also I could tell that if I didn't study for my spelling test, but then drew a little picture of like a ballerina with a bubble that said like, sorry, I would get a hundred. So oh, this is, was, uh, you learn to game the system as well. Yeah. yeah. That's what, so you got like, an A in, um, in gaming the system. In gaming the system and being a yeah. little con artist. Yeah. But it worked for like, you know, one out of seven quizzes or something. So it's, yeah. it never amounted to. That's a lot a. of ballerinas to draw. It's a lot of, I was, I wanted to be a ballerina. <laughs> is I that wanted true? to be a con artist ballerina. Yes. But in the way that I feel like, well, maybe not all little kids, but certainly for me, I was like, oh, that's like what everyone's into. Yeah, I'll be into that. Mm. Or it's like all little girls want to be ballerinas or certainly all Russian girls want to be a ballerina. So I was like, okay, I'll be a ballerina. Do you, so never do took you, ballet. Do you remember that time in your life where you really thought about what you want to be later? And how did for it sure. become what it is now? Like, I've always felt, you know, I would I would say always. I've always felt that I wanted to make people laugh because it put people at ease and it put me at ease and it made me more comfortable in my own skin, which I've never been comfortable in. And it did all of the, it checked all those boxes. And I would say that that has brought me a lot of meaning in my life. Mm -hmm. um, there are, obviously there are times like every single day where I'm like, what's the point of anything? And I will just go in a spiral. But uh, what is it that like? When you were dreaming about things, what is yeah. it that you gravitated towards and why? I I thought com I was good at comedy, so it felt like that could be a thing I knew I could contribute. So I was like, oh, this is some I can, you know, in that same where it's like, what are you doing to contribute to society? That was even at a young age, I was like, oh, I make my friends laugh. This feels like an asset that yeah. I can like give. But I also obviously love, you know, feeling like I'm liked. So even as a little kid, it was like, oh, the way I get people to like me uh, is to make them laugh. Yeah. So that helped too. And, I, my, and it, it's probably some of that like, oh, I can, you know, as you got older, there's a big emphasis on succeeding, yeah. which I think everybody has. But, you know, I've heard from immigrant people with immigrant parents or first generation Americans have uh, there's a very tangible like it's a real emphasis on succeeding and so this is probably something you say I have a talent for it and I like it now I have to succeed at this y yes and no so I that's how I felt but I know and my parents were very encouraging in the in that like they I think were delighted by me mm. I always felt I was like oh my parents like me and like yeah. think I'm funny um, but I think they assumed that I would grow out of it you know that I would then <laughs> do something that is a legitimate or not in uh, standard traditional you more know, secure trajectory. for sure yeah, more secure yeah. um, so I actually so that was me actively fighting against what they wanted but only because yeah I felt I was like no I think I, I think I can be good enough at this that um, that you'll, you'll be go. okay right is the, yeah yeah which I think is ultimately a lot of parents want. It's that they want yeah. their children to be okay. Uh, yeah. I'm sure that there are plenty of people that will listen to this and be like, my parents don't want me to be okay. They want me to be a banker. But it's like, okay, that's not they every did. case. But Yeah. <laughs> and I remember they didn't like come around 
fully until you and I were going to Scotland. So Ryan and I worked for Comedy Central and we were sent to Scotland mm-hmm. and I rem- to do, to make some funny videos. Uh, and which I remember we did, I was by just, the way. which we did. Grace was rewatching one on the couch and I was, and I walked in the room and I said, what are you doing? And she goes, I'm watching this video from you in Sky. Why? I said, why? It was very weird, but it was well, I very think funny. It's, I think it's sweet. <laughs> um, but, um, and I remember being on the phone with my mom being like, hey, I'm just going to be gone, you know, for a little bit, just heads up, I'm going to Scotland. And she was like, wow, you live such an interesting life. And oh, that's like, so nice. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it felt great. That does feel great. Yeah. So do you think about, I've been asking different kinds of questions, but I really am curious because like, I would say that we're fairly close mm-hmm. and I don't think I've ever asked you this question, but like, do you ever think about, does your life have meaning? Do you ever think about these kinds of big questions? All the time. What do they do to you? All the time. I mean, you should also have Eric, you should have my husband on this podcast because he's a, he was a philosophy major and we talk about it all the time. Um, Particularly like using, I I just am always like picking his brain about that stuff, but Mm -hmm. especially in quarantine, especially with this new job. Um, I think about it constantly and I want, I want to find the answer. Um, and I think I'm getting close, but I also have no idea, especially because now I feel like, and I, I think this is for most people in their thirties, especially now it's like, it feels like now is the time where people are truly like diverging in their lives. So it's like, I have so many friends now who are having children who are like, you know, settling down in the suburbs And I'm pretty certain that isn't what I want. Yeah. But it is like, well, is, you know, maybe that, maybe that's the thing that makes life worth meaning is this like a beautiful stability with a growing family. I I don't know. See, I don't think that it, I don't know. I don't have, I don't have children, but I'm pretty sure that if like, it doesn't hurt because you have a responsibility outside of yourself in the way that when we got our dog, I felt responsibility outside of myself. And that made me feel good and feel like I have a purpose to Mm -hmm. at least in service of this animal to keep her alive and feed her and walk her and stuff. And I think that that is that too, but also I've moved out of my parents' house. You've moved out of your parents' house. Does their Mm -hmm. life no longer have meaning because I don't live under their roof, you know? So no, I feel like kids no. can't be the, it can't be like an answer of just have kids to me. For sure. For sure. I do though wonder, I'm like, but is that, I, I guess I want to have all the experiences, you know? Yeah. And so I'm like, that feels like a classic life experience. So you it's need actually, the data of how does make, having kids make me feel? It's so true. I need the data. So we'll see. That's something I'm going to be thinking about for years to come. And we'll yeah. see. Maybe I'll reach a decision well this is yeah i i think that's it's good to think about those things and you you had said that you do you feel like um that you have do you feel like you've had you have meaning in your life now i mean you, you probably do i do for sure yeah i feel like i do especially because i get to i get to be creative which the longer i can like i continue to pursue this path the more I am relieved and delighted by the fact that I really like, I just really like writing and coming up with ideas. Mm -hmm. And I found too, that 
the, the job is really, having a job is really nice, but if I don't also carve time to do creative work for myself during the day, I feel a little crazy. And so that's a nice like signpost for me. That's like, Oh, that's the thing so, you love doing is creating for yourself. Yeah. That's so nice. I, I struggle with this one personally mm-hmm. um, because I do so much creating for myself And then I'm finding that if I don't get to share it with people and share it to the level that I would or the um, audience that I would like to, then it makes me feel bad. And I'm trying to reconcile what that is exactly because I can write a lot of jokes and put them in my notebook. And then if I don't get on stage and tell them, I'm going to feel like, okay, what do I do with this? Or if I click save on a project or something and it just lives on my computer, it's like, is that that hasn't been enough for me in isolation well, I don't think it's enough for, I, I, it's not enough for me either. Mm. I, I'm like, particularly when it comes to like this time, I've been working on longer scripts. So it's like, so I'm working on a movie because I know that I don't immediately need a response from an audience because that's, that format doesn't need that. But for sure, it's like, there's no way I'm happy just writing jokes. I need to have people hear them Mm -hmm. and like because part of the art is then the response of the audience right and it's the give and and the from they give and you give and it's like this nice experience it's the best Mm -hmm. what what makes you happy outside of creating things currently um uh getting high with eric and watching movies (laughs) (laughs) that's really nice fun he's He's gotten into making cocktails that he just like comes up with out of nowhere. Oh, that's exciting. It's the best. So I like just wait for the weekend. It starts. So Friday night is tots, chicken wings and beer. So that's always Friday and some fun show or movie. But usually like we just block off Saturday or it's just like take an edible in the afternoon and we just get really drunk and eat incredible food and watch very good movies. And it's the best. That's really great. I think it's really yeah. nice to have a structure during this time. And <laughs> to, to my drug use? Yes, no, well, sure. I mean, that's fine as well, I think, because it's like not a, I just do this at 8 a.m. and blow yeah, up work. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it is nice, like, you know, we've been meal planning the whole mm-hmm. week. And so we always have something to look forward to. And, and I know. that's something that my, I very, I'm very appreciative of my wife to, to do um, because I think that I would just spiral into anxiety and depression if I didn't have some kind of structure. Because I really think that I need structure. I don't know why I need it, but I think that I do. I think most people do. But also, you, before quarantine, were like out every night and had a very structured evening. You know, where it's like, I'm doing shows. I'm going from this place to this place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was just, yeah, there's more like speed and uh, efficiency, I guess. Mm -hmm. When... When you're not feeling great, yeah. because I think that there are, you know, I've been talking to a lot of artists, a lot of comedians, um, because that's just who I am and that's who I'm going to talk to first. But I know that a lot of us um, really ride the emotional roller coasters of our career oh, and then God, internalize yeah. that. So when, when you're not feeling great, do you still have like an overall sense of purpose or meaning or do you really just get down in the dumps? And if you do get that to that place, how do you get out of it to be the Natasha that I'm talking to right now? 
Man, that's a really good question. Um, I do very much get down in the dumps and it's like, am I just a failure? And should, should I be embarrassed? <laughs> that's like the thought I have a lot, which I'm sure a lot of people do. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I'm always like, if someone else were to see my life, would they be embarrassed? Um, and it's, it's, it's really hard to come out of it. I mean, truly, I think it just takes time. I mean, you know, it's very like not interesting, but you know, there are a few friends who I know that I can talk to about these things who will be really good, you know, Mm -hmm. about being like, no, here's like, here's the way you should be looking at this moment. And Eric, of course, too. But I think little things I'm doing just to like make myself feel a little more sane is, I mean, I try to just like walk outside. Yeah. (laughs) I try to do a little bit of yoga in the morning because I find that moving my body helps my brain stop freaking out. Yeah. That's good. I think you have to take an active, you have to do something, right? What do you, what do you do? Unless you've already talked about this on other episodes. No, 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 no. I haven't talked about this at all. I pretty much haven't talked about myself at all. I'm just curious Mm -hmm. about the other people. I'm really trying to um, listen. It's my new (laughs) kick. Collect the data. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. For this podcast, I really want to listen and I'll share with you what I've learned so far. I love um, that. But I will answer your question first. What I do when I get that way is, um, well, I started going to therapy this year. That's helped because I needed to recognize the patterns I was ca- catching myself in. Um, and I usually need to just find something to get excited about in some way. Um, and it's much easier to do that because I have a wife that is caring and nice. Um, (laughs) but like I have friends that I could talk to when I'm not feeling great or just try to catch myself. But it, I don't really know specifically what I do to get out of that kind of headspace. That's why I'm so curious. Like, does anybody have, um, specific things that they do or is it just like a time and then like a text from someone or some kind of thing that you see that reminds you that things are fine or just like letting it pass. I don't know. I think you just, or at least for me, I just push through until I get that next like sign of encouragement, Mm -hmm. but it is, it's yeah, it's tricky. And I think like being a human is painful and will forever be painful. (laughs) Is that, is that how you, um, I mean, I know you're half joking, Mm -hmm. but like, it's kind of your perception of, yeah, I think it'll forever be difficult and there's never going to be a solution. But I also think that it would be boring if there was, you know, you find, it's, yeah. Do you find comfort in that, um, that kind of way of thinking that life is just going to be incredibly painful no matter what I do? Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> it's do. like you just have to play the hand that you're dealt in that way then. And I also know that everyone is having is having a difficult time. Do you think that's true? Yeah. Because I was on Instagram, and it looks like everyone's having a great time. <laughs> the, the, whoever's having a great time, they're de- I can guarantee you, they're not having a great time. <laughs> they're having they're having the worst time. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Gigi Hadid or whatever, she's she's having a terrible time. Terrible I'll time. I'll tell you. Yeah. Terrible time on that yacht. Yeah, for sure. She's having a terrible time. Yeah, I do. I, I really do think that. I mean, because if if there was a solution, then that would be that would be heaven, right? Mm-hmm. But heaven seems horrible because it's so boring. 
Yeah. So that's another thing that I was talking to somebody about. And they were saying that challenges in their life is what kind of makes it worth living. And it's so interesting because that's what gives us so much pain. Um, but if you didn't have those things and you were just living this very boring kind of, you everything was predicted, like able to be predictable and didn't change, there was no variation, even in struggle, like that sounds like a form of torture, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously it's like, there's levels to it. You know, it's like, <laughs> we're speaking from a place of privilege, you know, there's, you know, certain like difficulties in life that it's like, no, I think it's just better not to have those. Yeah, of course. Um, but I think people who seem to also have everything are equally as miserable. I mean, we hear so much about, you know, it's like, I was the most, you know, a successful person in my company and I, you know, had a panic attack, you know, just yeah. like, uh, yeah. yeah, that's what's so interesting about like depression and anxiety and all those things is that, and also all of our problems is that we kind of internalize them or make them worse to us no matter what they are. And yeah. that's, that's kind of one of the things that I was really interested in starting this podcast was that why do we do that to ourselves? And does any of this matter? And I don't, and I don't, I like, I didn't start this as like a cry for help or anything. I'm just really curious. Do people feel like life matters at all? Or are we just kind of here and trying to help each other through it? Well, I mean, I think it's probably both. Like, I think we are hardwired for survival. Mm. So I think it's hard for our like reptilian brain is like you gotta survive it's important that you live but i think probably in the grand scheme of planet earth mm, no and i feel like we have learned that nature would do <laughs> would be better off if we were all gone this so, is this is know. uh exciting to me because you're the first person that said this really mm -hmm. i'm shocked yeah i i think a lot of people are are um you know, I haven't tried to bring anything to the table in terms of like, yeah. I don't want to sway anybody. I just want to ask questions sure. and hear what they say. Um, I think I, humans are a parasite. Yeah, I sometimes feel that way too. And I didn't, I, I didn't want to feel alone in that. No, um, yeah. I don't think I'm a parasite. I'm trying to help people and make people feel good. Yeah, you're a parasite. You think so? Yeah, I mean. I, we yeah. all are. We're just, yeah. I mean, we're straight up, we're destroying the planet. We're like helping I, when each I get, other and yeah. dogs for sure, but I don't think the birds are happy we're here. No. Quick aside, this is not exactly like the funniest I don't, um, thing, but I was trying to feed bread to birds earlier today, and I was throwing right? bread out of my window, and I was doing it overhand because I wanted it to clear the windowsill, and I was just throwing bread at the birds, and it was like, you're supposed to kind of like toss it to them. I was like throwing it at them, and they all scattered from their tree, yeah. and um, it was like, Grace looked at me like, what are you doing? Like, why? And I was like, I'm trying to feed the birds, but I was just throwing food at them, so. That makes me think that humans are a well-intentioned parasite. Yeah. So we're like, we're like the tapeworm in your stomach that's like, I want to help. I'm helping you, know? you digest. <laughs> I'm helping you digest. It's like, no, dude, you're taking all my resources. <laughs> That's what you can, if you need a title for this episode, humans are a well-intentioned parasite is what With I stand Natasha. by. Yeah. yeah. I, to just kind of shift things a little bit. 
Sure. Do you think that there's, um, I don't want to like put you on the spot, but I've been hearing a lot of like people reference spirituality. No, no, not, but I've, I've been hearing a lot of people that reference spirituality in the, in uh-huh. their answers and like higher callings and kind of like purpose. Have you ever felt like you had a purpose? No. No. <laughs> no. For real? For real. This is fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I I would like to, you know, contribute to the world as best I can, but I don't think I have a, I don't think I have a calling or a purpose. I think I have a unique perspective on the world. Mm-hmm. Is it that unique? Probably not. But I, I think I do, and I love sharing that. But um, am I necessary for the function of our world? No. This is so analytical. <laughs> I really Dana, am baby. enjoying these. these- <laughs> This is really fascinating to me. This is exactly the kind of stuff that I was so curious yeah. about. Well, you know, you've been hanging out with a lot of woo-woo Americans. You need you need a hard-boiled <laughs> Russian on your podcast. This is My what I was hoping. Is, this no. is the perspective that I was hoping to get because I well, feel like a, a lot of people. What's that? I said, toots, you're getting it. Yeah. So I've, a lot of people have told me that they feel that they are destined to do something or destined to share things or destined to make other people's lives better and, and um, a lot of things like that. And it's interesting to hear that, like, no, I don't feel that way. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to say that those, like, I think those feelings are good, you know, when like used for good. Mm-hmm. I think you can easily abuse that train of thought and use it to be selfish, you know, where it's like, no, I was put on this purpose to do this. So therefore I need X or Y. Um, yeah. And I think it's also nice to believe in stuff. I think anything that makes life a little easier um, but am I a religious person? God, no. I mean, that's obvious. I feel like <laughs> as soon as I said life doesn't have meaning. Um, yeah. So. But it's not only that life doesn't have meaning to you, like life in general, the idea of life, it doesn't have a meaning. It's just, there's no, that it's more that you don't, well, you don't, it doesn't bother you. Oh, well, yeah. I, well, I don't know about, I mean, so many things bother me. So does it not bother me? I think yeah. that's a strong stance. But not in the sense of like an itchy sweater. I mean, like that you're, <laughs> you've found peace in um, this idea that there, life is really hard. Okay, I'm going to continue anyway, because that, this is, this is, there's no alternative to this. So like, let me understand that it, there's a lot of suffering involved in my endeavor. And I will be easier to manage that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the fact that I'm here is random. You know, all of life is random. There's no, there's no grand plan or map. But that doesn't excuse me from trying to do my best and to succeed in the way that I want to succeed and um, to be like a, a positive contribution to this random world that I've been thrown into. I'm what motivates you if not a uh, um, sense of purpose or larger calling? Well, uh, I think death, right? I want there's so much I mm. want to get done before I die. What not, what do you want to do? And I want, like why do you want to do it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it goes back to where I'm like, should I have a kid because I want that experience. So I just 
I want to like experience as much of life as I can. So for me, it feels like the way that brings me the most joy is like creative output. So I just want to create a ton of stuff. It's so fun to me. And it feels having done cocaine only once. I'm like, I think it feels like cocaine, you know, for the brain. Um, so I just, that's what I want to do. Cocaine. I want to do cocaine, but in a way that's healthy. So I guess write movies. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. there's like an element of like thrill seeking or um, like a adrenaline junkie kind of thing. It's that you want to see everything that life has to offer, regardless of whether there is some kind of, um, you know, higher power or something. Well, I know I'm telling you there isn't. That's fine. I'm just oh, leaving this open-ended because I don't <laughs> want to tell anybody what their life is or is not about. That's not what I'm trying to do here. Ryan, there's nothing. There's nothing at the end. My friend, Let it go. My friend Ari told me when I started this out, he's like, you just have to listen and let people say what they're going to say and you can't try to control anybody into thinking something or otherwise you're starting a cult. And I was like, that's a great point. I don't want to start a cult. I just mm -hmm. want to listen. Okay, well, I'm trying to start a cult, and I'm trying to bring you and all your listeners on board. Um, life is random, life is meaningless, but that doesn't mean you can't get all the gold stars that life has to offer. That's really, that's really great. That's kind of, now that I said it, I'm like, that kind of is my life mission. That's my perspective in a nutshell. What's the point of getting the gold stars if there is no, nothing else, like... In some ways, I think, I don't know if this is can. like a very, uh, this might be like my Catholic upbringing, mm -hmm. but I always thought that it'd be really cool after I die, if I could see all my stats, like this is how many Freds you know. Have you seen Nate Dern's film? Nate Dern um, has a, a film? Nate Dern has a film that I'm the star of, short film called How Many Farts Does It, uh, it how many farts equals a life or something. And the premise is someone dies. And in heaven, there's a statistician who gives you all your freaking stats. Oh, wow. Yeah. You got to watch it. It's right up your alley. I'll absolutely watch it. Where can uh -huh. I watch it? I think on YouTube or Vimeo. If you just look up his Vimeo. Okay, great. I'll do that. And so will everyone listening. <laughs> yeah, Nate Dern. Um, Nate Dern's going to be on this podcast. Okay, well, then you got to mention his movie. I will. I'll bring it up. So here's saying, what I'm having. Hmm? You were saying, sorry. Yeah, here's what I have trouble reconciling sometimes. Um, because there are times where I feel like there's no rhyme or reason for any of this to go on. And then I just feel like, what's the point? And I don't mean uh, any kind of like self-harm or anything like that. I think if anyone's feeling in that way that they need to um, talk to someone and, and you know, the proper channels and and nip that in the bud because that's really not a good way to think. But um, what do you, what do you do when you feel that way? What digs you out? Well, I guess maybe it's like I don't agree with the original premise that it is depressing to think that there is no point. Mm. I, that doesn't depress me. And I don't know why, but it just doesn't. It, it's like... It's just so wild that we're conscious yeah. and that I happen to be here. So it feels like this delightful win to be like, whoa, okay, I get to, I get to experience life. I don't know when it's going to end. Hopefully, I hope it'll be good for a long time. But I, it, 
it feels like yeah you've gotten like a ticket to uh you know the state fair there's no purpose to the state fair besides like get in get on all the rides yeah and try to try to eat all the foods and be try careful about what order you're doing those things in because the state fair is a perpetual state of pain oh my god life is a state fair wow i like what this i like this yeah me too Whew, we're coming up with some good statements <laughs> um, yeah it totally because i don't i don't know i i think it's futile to try to find the 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 path that you are you know supposed to go on but perhaps it's not for me i don't want to be prescriptive for me it feels unnecessary yeah that doesn't mean I don't have so many goals, you know, and I'm constantly like, okay, but you know, how do you make sure you finish your movie by X? You know, how do you make sure you, you know, perform this many times this year? Like I'm obsessive about those things. So clearly I, I still have that same desire and that need to feel that, fill that void of like, I'm making gains, I'm making progress, Yeah. but I don't, um, but is I, it, is yeah. it driven by a want to have a legacy or to leave a lasting mark or something? Are those things important to you? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure. Like, at, at the moment, my gut is like, no, I think I just really want to have those experiences. Mm -hmm. um, because I'm like, once I'm dead, I'm not going to know about any of this stuff. And so it kind of doesn't matter to me that other people know who I was because I'm not going to get to... I'm not going to get to experience them knowing, mm -hmm. um, but I'm, sh I mean, I'm sure. Right. Cause I think that's another part of our survival instinct. Part of the reason I think we want to have children is because we want to pass our genes on, you know, make something last. And yeah, that's the best way to do that genetically. Yeah. I think, so. yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I've, I've thought about this myself too, and I don't know that it matters to me so much that I think like whenever I tell a joke or I write something or work on a screenplay or whatever it is, is that I'm trying to communicate an emotion. And that's why I want to share those things with people is to share my emotions because I've got mm. a lot of them. Um, <laughs> but I wanted, there's like an element of communication and I don't know that I, I think it would be cool if people really dug it and wanted to play it after I was dead because it was good or because yeah. it like invoked something. And that would, that would be really neat. But I also um, think I don't that, know what that is. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I also think that means though that you have made something of quality. And that's really what I'm after. I think. I think so. I um, think for because sure. it doesn't matter to me. Like no, George Washington does not care that we still mention him. He's yeah. very I mean, he dead. Can't. Yeah, he can't. He's, so he's dead. very dead. He has no idea. For all he knew, like this whole thing was the America was going to be over in six years after mm -hmm. he was dead. You know. Um. So I, I sometimes I'll think about that, and I'm like, th th these people aren't benefited by being remembered in any way. It's about like what did they do that we try to remember and then um, bastardize and transform and use <laughs> for our own evils. You know. Of course. <laughs> Yeah, how can we manipulate, yeah, their lovely contributions? Yeah, I think it's like a side effect of doing great work is that it is, you know, it, it continues even after you don't. But I don't think that's, 
the reason that we try to achieve great work. And I think for creative people, I think you touched on it exactly, where it's like, oh, the feeling of having an audience laugh is like, oh my God, we were able to, for a moment, we were all on the same fucking page. And that is so rare when we're all walking around in our little internal Mm -hmm. bubbles to share an experience where it's like, we're all having the same emotion together. And I'm the reason that I was able to do, like, I was able to give that to people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an, it's an incredible high. It's yeah. cocaine, baby. And it's, <laughs> but it's that kind of communal um, that everybody's together. Yeah. And that's really what, it, that's, as a performer, I know that that's really what is, um, the, to be able to create that with just your words or you're just your, um, a line if you're improvising or what or whatever it is is really Ugh. a great feeling yeah being in that zone when you're on stage and you're like all of you know it's that there's a phrase for it I for, I'm missing it but it's so obvious and I'll think of it afterwards but it's like where the where the line just comes to you it's like you realize you're saying the right way to say something Mm-hmm. as it's leaving your mouth and you're mm-hmm. like oh my god that's the joke yeah you know and it's just flow state right yeah i think that i've heard yeah. those words together before yeah fugue state was the other one i was thinking of but i was like i don't think that's no, i what think I'm that's when you're like naked in a walmart kind of thing <laughs> which, which is, by the know. way is my retirement plan i've told <laughs> my wife this is like if you're dead and i'm just gonna blow all the money and the, what are they gonna do they're going to have to let me stay there. Yeah. Look, people shit on Walmart, but hey, they let you stay there. They let you stay there. Or you go to Walmart jail or something. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like aisle four. <laughs> There's a whole jail section in there. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is, I mean, yeah, I wanted to ask that question about legacy and like things that last. And I think that's really interesting. Um way to like to think about that is that it's like it would be nice but it's not a, a necessary requirement because i think that a lot of people feel trapped um or dictated to that they're supposed to want those things yeah i mean and i and i too feel trapped by it i'm like aware but i'm trapped by it too there's you know i i feel like there's also for me this was this deep desire to like I had these like benchmarks I'd given myself as far as my age, you know, where it's like, yeah, I need to be on a TV show. Yeah. Right. Before I'm 30 years old, you know, just things that it's like, why, why have you put those things in place for yourself? Right. And it doesn't make you any happier at 30 no. or 40 if yeah. you're not doing these things and trying to enjoy the journey, so to speak. Yeah. I've, um, so. This is just a quick aside, but I've decided that I would like to make it in entertainment as late <laughs> as possible because that <laughs> means that there's less time that I have to fool everyone. That's very smart. Yeah. So I'm like, if I can only get a Lifetime Achievement Award, great. That's, that's the way to do it, actually. That's, I mean, that's a, it's a, so far it's just a emotionally um, tormented me, but... Um, yeah, I'm always worried about coming off like you're saying about an uh, imposter syndrome. Um, yeah. I'm, I've always been worried about that and always felt mm-hmm. out of place. And I, I know that's not, um, you know, unique to me. I think that a lot of people feel that no matter whether they're performers or not in their field or their um, communities or whatever. Um, so I don't know why people feel that way, but that's a, a big part of 
what drives me is that fear yeah. of being found out for something. Even though I, you know, if you ask me, I'll tell you, I'm a pretty talented guy. Um, I'm like, I, I try very hard. I work very hard. I'm pretty talented. It's all going to be fine. And I've done, I've done this and this and this to prove that to you by the data. Yeah. I have the Excel spreadsheets that I bring to every show I do. <laughs> and home I list off my credits. Yeah. 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 It's true. And I also, I think it's very hard. It's very easy to, you know, say like, these are my ideals and this is what I believe, but yeah, it's so hard in practice, but that's because mm -hmm. life is hard. That's life is hard. And so I, this is what I really like because I've been struggling with, and we'll wrap up shortly, but I've been, I've been struggling because a lot of people will tell me things that seems to be very difficult to practice every day. Um, like an act of service to another person. You, it would be great to do that every day. It's really hard to, you have to find another person. You have to, um, you know, you have to do a lot of different things, but you have to trap them, trap them down and, and force feed them or whatever <laughs> good deed you're doing. But you should lob the bread right at them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but you, your outlook is kind of refreshing because you're like, this is going to be hard. So let me try to make the most of it. It's not so much, unless I'm mischaracterizing what you're saying, but it's like mm -hmm. not so much that like every day has to be a good day or a really um, something special has to happen. It's that you're kind of start at a point where you're like, this is going to hurt. Let me make this as let me make this better, as opposed to living in fear that it's going to hurt. I think so. I mean, it's like, man, am I really at the state fair? Okay, well, I guess I'll try to you know enjoy mm -hmm. all the stuff that the state fair brings. I I like this. I like this a lot. I've woken up several times over the past year in um, our quarantined state where I'm just like, well, we're alive again. I think I've tweeted it like six or seven times um, to no likes. But that's how I've been feeling is like, yep, here we are still alive. And so I've been trying to figure out like, I'm not not enjoying my time, but is there something that I should be doing? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think there's not, I mean, I think please keep doing this podcast and get all the info you can. But I think ultimately, right, the answer is not really. There certainly there is no answer. There's no concrete one size fits all. Answer. Yeah. This is you should great. probably cut this part out because no, this is, this is exactly what I want to hear because I truly think that it's uh, something that's in like specific to each person that I talk to. And so that's why I'm just really, I'm trying to figure out which, what do I subscribe to? What is the thing that I really enjoy? Because a lot of people have given me different answers at like some, um, things related to Christ, some things related to, I don't know how I paint what you're saying. It may be like a nihilism, a nihilism. Um, but it's nice to Peaceful hear those nihilism, I guess. Peaceful nihilism, uh -huh. um, a friendly nihilism, nihilism with a, uh, with a wink or maybe a rosy disposition. With compassion and empathy at the forefront. Yeah. I don't think I'm, I'm certainly not saying everyone gets to be an asshole. No, saying, I think it's the opposite. Yeah. It's that you really value people's emotions and like want to do nice things and make people feel good because everything is kind of meaningless and painful. Yeah. In spite of that, not, not to pile on. There's no point in piling on. It would be, you'd be a bad person to do that because yeah. life is heavy. 
I think you nailed it. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Natasha, thank you for doing this podcast. <laughs> thank you for having me. I feel like I learned some things about myself. You know, I feel like this was, this was interesting uh, for me too. So thank you for having me. Good. Do you want to plug anything? Do you want to say any of those sure. things? Um, sure. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at uh, Natasha Vainblot. And then I got a Comedy Central series that you know about called Your Worst Fears Confirmed. And, and I write for a little late with Lily Singh. So you can check me out on all those places. That's great. That's really great. Thank you, Natasha. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the podcast, head to patreon.com slash Ryan Beck and follow me at at I am Ryan Beck on Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to check out my other podcast, Falling in Love with My Wife, available everywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks. The Meaning of Life is produced by Ryan Beck, edited by Ryan Beck, and the music is by Shakir Stanley. Thanks for listening.